Greetings. Thanks for plugging into The Kicker, the weekly podcast from Columbus Business First, the authority on business and financial news in central Ohio, in our humble opinion. On tap uh, is, uh, today is a look at some notable stories that broke in Columbus in recent days. Uh, with me is Doug Buchanan, managing editor here. I'm Dominic Cap, editor in chief. Also in our studio are Dan Eaton and Evan Weiss. Evan Weiss for the first time. Both reporters are on our staff. We'll be talking with them to get their insights uh, into news involving a couple well-known business names in Columbus, Huntington Bank Shares and Max and Irma's. But before we do get into it with Dan and Evan, uh, let's talk about another Columbus landmark, and that would be Ohio State University, single largest employer in the region with nearly 29,000 workers. And we reported today a story that will affect each and every one of them. Doug, what do we hear? Well, Ohio State is looking to overhaul how they pay, how they set the, the pay levels for all those employees, something that they started last year at the executive level, where a committee on the Board of Trustees wanted to figure out a way to standardize how they set pay. The Ohio State, for a long time, had looked at the 75th percentile of peer institutions for uh, how they would pay uh, people at the executive level. Uh, this committee was saying they wanted to bring it down to the 50th percentile as a way to save money and pass those savings on to students. It's part of one of the, it's a big initiative for new President Drake. Now today they're saying that they want to actually look at all employees and how they set those that, uh, that pay. I guess uh, from what they were saying at the trustees uh, meeting today that uh, uh, there is no real set system and so one job uh, in one department can pay dramatically different as basically the same job in another department and there's no benchmarking for how they came up with those numbers. So they just want to standardize that, bring all the uh, pay in line and uh, hopefully save uh, students some money. Yeah, that, that seems to be almost like a common theme within um uh, Michael Drake's administration. I mean, he's talked about the cost of, of edu higher education, and we've seen and we've heard uh, people talk about the rising cost of education at uh, a degree at Ohio State, and so we'll see how this plays out. But like I said, I mean, at, at 29,000 workers, it is it is the biggest one, and this has got to affect every one of them, you know, from professors down to administrative uh, clerks. Okay. Well, listen, this week uh, we had a couple big deals. The first one was Huntington Bank Shares, which is the biggest hometown bank, and they went out and bought a company from Akron called First Merit, which has some operations here. And we'll talk a little bit with Evan about sort of just what the motivation was for this kind of deal. Probably helps to start with some, some background in Absolutely. banking. Go ahead. There's been quite a bit of consolidation in the industry over the past few years, and most bankers um, are citing overburdensome regulation. Now, bankers love to complain about that, uh, and you don't know how much of that is, is, is accurate, but a deal like this sort of underscores that, where you, you have a $3.4 billion acquisition, and you know, Huntington is staying in some of the same markets, but expanding to, to new markets as well. Where does it well, go? Where, where does, what new places is it, will it come in with First Merit? They're citing Chicago. So Huntington will be in Chicago for the first time. Right off the bat, they'll be like the 17th largest bank there out of 200 and some, okay. pretty significant. And also Wisconsin. Um, Huntington does not have a presence in Wisconsin, and uh, that'll be a, a big one for them as well. Okay. Okay. There's a lot of overlap here and in Akron, certainly. Uh, I think when you look at the map of the branches, uh, as you said, there's a lots of first merit up in Chicago, Wisconsin with no Huntington. And then there's at the southern end, there's some Huntington without first merit, and then they overlap in the middle, and that's where we're going to see a lot of savings. Including here in Central Ohio, where First Merit yeah. has 11 branches, and if you look at a map, they are very close to a just about all of them. Yeah. Just about all of them are, are within a mile of, of a nearby Huntington branch. Right. So 
Steve Steinauer, the Huntington CEO, and um, First Merit CEO have been open about look going through this process and looking at those branches, right. looking at employees and saying, yes, we'll need to make some cuts. They haven't announced exactly what that'll look like. Steve Steinauer has said that every First Merit branch employee will have a job offer. Uh, but other than that, it's it's up in the air at this yeah, point. Yes, so that helps uh, here in Columbus, but uh, certainly the people up in Akron are a little bit concerned about this. Uh, and and uh, one more thing on the branch closings, too. I mean, they, they didn't necessarily say that all of those first merit branches will, will close because even if they're within a mile of each other, as long as there is enough of a market, like a distinct market between the two of them, they may stay. So we just don't know yet. We're going to have to wait and see. Right. Steinauer's comment was they may be within a mile, but that could be two different communities, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. So it, it it is definitely dependent on uh, there's there's no widespread. It's going to be a case-by-case basis on right. that. And, uh, you know, I mean, the, we, we, we focus now on branches, but aren't, aren't banks getting out of the branch business? Don't they want to sort of slim down those kinds of networks? Most well, banks. Actually, <laughs> most banks, but I did a story a couple of weeks ago about Huntington being the country's most active branch opener in the fourth quarter of last year. That has something to do with acquiring in-store branches in Michigan from Chase in, in Meyer stores. But Huntington, but Steiner has been more bullish than other executives on physical locations, saying that they need them to complement mobile banking. So he's not a, against mobile banking completely, and he said in the past they want to be a fast follower. But another interesting wrinkle to this deal is that Steinauer says they'll be able to invest more in mobile banking, which I thought was interesting to say we're going to make this acquisition that makes them go from 71 billion in assets to almost 100 billion and that jump allows them to invest more in digital mm-hmm. so it's it, it does have that implication as well i thought that was pretty fascinating when he mentioned that and so at at 100 billion in assets um the the, the comment was made that it would make huntington the biggest bank in ohio the biggest bank the in me- ohio by, depo- by deposits, by deposits right. actually okay. so key bank and fifth third have more assets. Huntington would, I, I forget the exact number for deposits, but yeah, they would go from third to first for, for that measure uh, by by bringing on first merit deposits. And again, that's a big deal for Huntington since they, again, they're more of a consumer-focused bank, I think, than some of these other big regionals. At least, you know, when you look at their advertising strategy, that they are definitely going after the retail customer. And I think that uh, plays in with the fact that they're uh, actually very bullish on branches when uh, some other banks are uh, closing them down. Absolutely. Steinauer said that with the acquisition, they'll have added customer convenience, enhanced portfolio of products for consumers and businesses. He didn't go into much detail there, although I did mm-hmm. mention the investing in digital. But he's saying it's it's not just bringing on employees and branches. It's allowing economies of scale to invest in these sorts of things. Sure. Yep. And as, as popular as Huntington was um, is among... Uh, a local investors. There was another name that uh, that was in the the deal making news this week, and that was Max and Erm, as a company that was born on in German Village, if I remember correctly. Correct. 1972. And um, um, they um, we're going to talk with Dan a little bit about about that deal. You know, Max and Erm is, is sort of one of those iconic names here. Uh, we can talk a little bit about the history, but let's talk first about the deal and what transpired this week. 
they were the Max Normers was acquired by a group out of Montana called Glacier Restaurant Group. Uh, they have about twenty eight restaurants, mostly in Montana and out in the West, uh, spread amongst four four brands. What kind of restaurant groups are in Montana? Uh, <laughs> Glacier Restaurant Group. There you go. Thank uh, you. Their their, their the big brand uh, their their big brand uh, is called McKenzie Pizza Grill, I believe. So it's, it's just another casual. It's they're all casual restaurant chains, similar to Max and Irma's. You know, in terms of price point, you go in, you sit down, you, you know, you have the waitress, you know, do things the old way, you know, pretty accessible food, burgers, pizzas, things along those lines. I thought that, that McKenzie place kind of looked like pies and pints, uh, stressing the, the pizza and beer mm-hmm. aspect to it, but the friendly, fun atmosphere. Right. Uh, I guess they have one in Indianapolis if you really wanted to check it out. Yep. The, uh, what's, uh, the, what's the, what's the, didn't, didn't somebody just buy Max and Irma's? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were bought in 2009, I believe. 2009, 2010, around them for about 28 million, 28 I think. Million out of bankruptcy, right? Yeah, out of bankruptcy. Then? Acquired out of bankruptcy for 28 million by a group called American Blue Ribbon uh, Holdings, which at the time their big chain was uh, Village Inn. They still own Village Inn, but then they would go on to buy O'Charlie's and um, Stony River Steaks, a couple other, Jay Alexander's, a couple other brands since they bought Max and Irma's and, and Max. Kind of gradually got to be a smaller and smaller, I think, portion of, of their uh, of their portfolio. We look we look back at the at the story that we did when they were bought out of bankruptcy, and I think they had seventy eight restaurants mm-hmm. at the time. And in an interview, the uh, the guy said uh, they wanted to double that number. Uh, and we just found out that they're down to 51. I was yeah. going to say, we, the, and the most recent story we did before the before yeah. the sale was that they were closing some Max and Irma's. Yeah, they closed 13, uh, four of them in Ohio. They're actually, I just checked this out, uh, they were half the size that they were 10 years ago. They had 102 uh, restaurants in 2005, counting about about a quarter of those were, were franchised. Mm-hmm. So they're now down to 51. Wow. And 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 so what, what does Glacier plan to do differently than... American Blue Ribbon, other than maybe not make them even smaller. <laughs> uh, well, they, uh, Glacier hasn't said anything specific other than they want to revitalize the brand. They praised its history. They praised, praised the family-friendly you know, qualities of it. Uh, so they've been pretty quiet, but I talked with some restaurant industry folks about what the future of, of a Max and Irma's could be, and uh, the response was generally positive. No one thinks it's going to grow. No one thinks they're going to turn it around and, and, and be a booming chain again, but, but there's a place in the world for these regional brands that have name recognition particularly in a place like ohio where most of their restaurants are i think you know almost uh, more than one out of five is 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 in columbus actually for the chain i think there's 13 here so um uh, so as long as it's well run you know there's a place for this brand to live um uh, but it's probably not going to grow again and that's not even totally the brand's fault it's the casual segment in in general i think uh, i was reading traffic is down from pre-recession 20 percent. just visits to these restaurants let alone you know sales in them they're just getting clobbered by and that's because more people are going to fast casual restaurants exactly the chipotle's piatas you know that sort five of five guys burgers and fries five guys, yeah you know yeah. Yep, exactly. People just uh, uh, don't want to put the time into sitting down and being served or the cost into sitting down and yeah. being served. They feel like they can get fast casuals come in and people feel like they can get a, a, a comparable, if not better meal uh, in, in a quicker time period for a, a smaller price. Does, does Max, is, is Max Normers all, all company owned or are they franchised? Uh, they still have some franchise. They still have some so, franchises. Yeah. And so what Predominantly were their, company. What were their company. roots? What is Max and Irma's roots? Uh, well, they were founded uh, German Village here in 1972. It was, it was uh, uh, you know, the, the famous the, the famous 
thing that most people remember from from its early days and its early uh, uh, units was the phones on the tables you could call they were uh, you know it was designed as a, as a place where you would go and meet people so you'd have t uh, phones on your tables and if you see uh, saw someone you liked and were interested in across the room you could pick up the ta pick up the phone and uh, uh, dial that table there were a couple locations that had uh, had that feature Evan thinks this is hilarious yeah. because he's the youngest one yeah. here <laughs> I don't think I've ever used a payphone yeah. <laughs> he's never even seen a payphone yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, so I mean that's one of the, uh, the, the the things they're most famous for. They have they were a casual they were a casual dining pioneer. All the the, yeah. the kind of the bric-a-brac and the stuff on the walls. You know Max Norma's that had always been part of Max Norma's, and then you see all these other guys come in and they do the same things with just the assortment of weird pictures and oddities on on the walls. You know that's something that Max Norma's had been doing since you know day one in German Village. Well, listen, there you have it uh, for this session. Thank you for listening. My thanks to Doug and Dan and Evan for their thoughts and their insights on the news. You can get the headlines and more about everything business in Central Ohio from us every day of the week. Get online, look for our news reports as they break at columbusbusinessfirst.com. You'll be joining tens of thousands of our subscribers and our followers. Until next week, with more news and perspective, we wish you the best. Goodbye.